Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on this Thursday afternoon. Um, I would say that it is more of the same. It is no longer interesting. It is no longer exciting even. It's just kind of same old, same old. What do you think, JP? Well, I think right now we're seeing that the markets are continuing to fall. I mean, let's face it, the down the downturn is going to be pronounced across many asset classes. There are losses we're seeing galore. Take a look at the PSD, uh, sorry, at the Straits Times Index. Sorry, I was looking at the Philippine Stock Exchange just a while ago. <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a little bit. The Straits Times Index today in Singapore has taken another beating. We're down by 4.8%. That's a 117-point drop for the local benchmark. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but it seems that every week we're testing a new low. Last week it was 22,400. Now it's 2,308. There is a good chance we will fall below this level and deeper into bear market territory. I'm going to try to refrain from calling it that for the time of being, but nevertheless, it's trending downwards at least, and uh, and the big losses. Value turnover today also very pronounced. 1.25 billion Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. There are only, I will call them, 82 survivors, 82 stocks, reach and trust in the green. 411 stocks recent trust in the red so far today. And yeah, it's, it's looking like a it's, a, it's basically an ocean of red. It's a tsunami of red hitting the Straits Times Index today. And it's the same picture across the region. Many uh, markets are losing ground. The Nikkei 225 down by 1.7%. ASX 200 falling by 3.4%. You've got Shanghai down by 2.5%. The Hang Seng bleeding. They have fallen by more than 1,000 points out in Hong Kong. And the Korean Kospi also plunging by 7.6%. In fact, the Kospi today, they had to trigger some of the circuit breakers out of Seoul because there continues to be this outflow of fund investments into the Kospi. I do want to stress this, though, for some of our listeners, that uh, the tail that's going to wag the dog, as we mentioned before, is going to be where U.S. futures are trending. And unfortunately, this early on, and I know we're about seven hours before markets reopen in the U.S., seven, eight hours away, um, we're seeing Dow futures falling by 729 points. The Nasdaq also falling by more than 222 points. These are Nasdaq futures, by the way. And S&P 500 futures also 3.8% in the red. There is going to be continued bleeding in Wall Street, it seems, if these futures are right. And I think this is, this is why it's adding to the sentiment here. And this might be the thermometer or the barometer for where sentiment's going to be for everyone, including here in Singapore. And yeah, it's, it's an ugly picture at the moment. Yeah, but my point is, this is like the new norm. It isn't interesting. It's not intriguing. I, I'm i not even, you know, not, well, I won't say worried, but I'm not even like horrified anymore. Are you numb to the pain? <laughs> I'm numb to the pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's, that, that, that is fair. Um, I think uh, anybody who's, uh, anybody is trying to at least recalibrate their position, get out of the markets right now. And uh, at this point, I mean, it's, not, it's a question of how low can you go at the moment. If you want to see a more miserable market in the region, you have to look at the PSE. Now, I talked to Ron Akoba, who is uh, one of the few chartered market technicians in Manila, actually, yesterday for Across the ASEAN. He's the person I go to to ask about uh, about some of these technical reads, reading these charts at the moment. He says the PSE, there is a chance it could fall below 4,000 before it starts to bottom out. Guess what? Today, it's, uh, it's down by about 13.4% in Manila. Mm-hmm. It's fallen below 5,000. And at one point, it actually fell by as much as 24%, 24 to 25% before it started to come back up. But still, this is one of the heaviest uh, 
it's not even a bleeding, it's a hemorrhaging actually out in Manila at the moment. I mean, this is just a picture we're seeing across some of these markets. And really, it's a nowhere to run, nowhere to hide scenario at the moment, to quote uh, the great Aretha Franklin, right? You're quoting songs now, are you? What else are we going to do? (laughs) (laughs) What else is, is exactly the question. Okay, but my question, I do have one, is why? What is driving this sentiment still? Uh, because you can't even say it's the uncertainty anymore. The uncertainty has become the new norm. It's become uh, the certainty. Yeah, it has become the certainty. So what is what is driving this sentiment? Why is it that people are still heading for the doors? Why is it that the markets continue to fall? Because I think nobody can really call where the bottom is going to be for this market. And while no one can call that and while sentiment is bad, I think people are going to start heading out for heading out and continue to sell their positions and really just pull out. Um, it's also because I think now people are getting a better idea of what the economic cost of the COVID-19 pandemic is going to be. In the U.S., they're starting, they belatedly, but starting to really shut down cities and mass um, restaurants are, are, are closing down or operating limited hours. People are being told, stay at home, don't even dare venture out, not even a brisk walk. The only thing you can do in the U.S. right now is to walk your dog. In Italy, we saw the biggest spike in deaths in any country, 475 people dying overnight in Italy. And and the prognosis uh, for markets right now is that the Chinese economy is going to contract by, by about 9% in the first quarter, according to, um, according to this, um, some economists. The U.S. economy is also going to contract also in the first half of the year, and that a recession is very probable. So when you bring up the word recession and say it's a global recession, suddenly you have people recalibrating their position saying, you know, I think these markets really are oversold. Another thing I will point out, too, is that uh, a few weeks ago, another strategist we talked to, this is Jeffrey Haley, actually said that the markets are get, got a little complacent at these high price levels. And when you're complacent, then you're used to these high price levels. If something jolts you and punches you in the mouth out of nowhere, you suddenly trigger this huge sell-off, actually, in the markets. And I think that's what's happening at the moment. Look, not even the safe havens are safe at the moment. The only one that's really getting any love in terms of safe havens, it's the dollar index, which is up by about to about 101 spot 28 when you look at that entire gauge against their peers. They are at their highest level, Clarissa, since mid-2017. So the dollar is getting a lot of strength, but that's not going to make President Trump, U.S. President Donald Trump happy either because he hates the sight of a strong dollar. Also, this could also feed into more political rhetoric. Again, this could go any which way. And I think people are just trying to figure out how do we control the fire at the moment and how do we try to calm nerves because all of the stim- stimulus is not helping, it seems. Right. OK, so let me ask you this. This very strong dollar that continues to be the case, how does that affect liquidity in the U.S.? Well, that's the question they're asking right now. I mean, because you're seeing this huge demand for dollar for the U.S. dollar, it's not just impacting uh, currency markets in the U.S., but basically demand for U.S. dollars across the world, which is why some of these central banks have talked to the Fed and said, you know what, in coordination, in conjunction with you guys, we're going to try and, and liberalize and try to free up more, more reserves and assets to try and encourage more dollar liquidity for some of these funds. The Bank of Korea has done it. The Bank of Japan has. A number of other big uh, central banks have done this also. But yeah, the, cur- the worry right now is that everybody's rushing to the dollar and this could actually create some funding problems in the currency space. How these central banks will respond to it, the Fed has actually said, we're going to come in and provide more liquidity. Um, but how much more the central banks can do to stabilize that is a question. Now the role of the central banks, I think, is shifting from 
well, can we save the overall economy too? Look, the, the, our biggest impact right now is to make sure that markets are open and markets are liquid. So if they can continue to do that, uh, that's the least they can do. But at the moment, the onus, I think, is for some of these fiscal stimulus measures to really be enacted, really start to kick in and try to support markets. Because I think everyone's just accepting that this is going to be a year, a year of losses, pretty much. But how we can make sure that people aren't impacted or aren't um, smothered by all of this negative sentiment, by all of these losses, you know, people's um, retirement funds aren't affected so much. That's the big question at the moment. Right. OK, now back in Singapore, one of the things that I never thought I would see is how SIA is doing. I mean, you have to remember being Singaporean growing up here, SIA is something that we look to as, you know, that was the 800-pound gorilla, that nothing would hurt it. Mm, yeah, I mean, well, I'll call it the 700-pound gorilla. I think DPS is your 800-pound gorilla. <laughs> Nevertheless, okay, I'll give you that. But, but, but I will say, as an outsider looking in, uh, Singapore Airlines is the envy of many countries. I know, I, 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 as a Filipino, I look at it and say, you know what, they must be really proud of this particular... It's a symbol, pretty much, for the yes, country, if I absolutely. can call it that, right? But, you know, not even they could have foreshadowed that this was going to happen. Everybody is locking down. I mean, I think uh, we got those reports of uh, these imported cases the spike in imported cases into Singapore and a lot of them flying into Singapore. So suddenly the owners or the importance of locking down your country becomes more important or trying to curtail the inflow of international travel. So that's going to hit the airlines very, very hard. Singapore Airlines has recently uh, commented that, you know, almost every other day they announce new flight cuts, new capacity cuts at the moment. This seems to have caught the IFDBS research. Their analysts have been very busy. They have downgraded Singapore Airlines to a hold now. And the 12-month target price has now fallen to $6.60 per share. That's in Singapore dollars, of course. And today they're also trending lower. Paul Young, who we spoke to about two weeks ago, is an analyst for DBS, says that the deep cuts in passenger capacity and their fuel hedging program has been key negatives for the airline. I do want to say that it's a little harsh to criticize uh, companies for their fuel hedging strategies because given how volatile oil prices are and because the expectation was for oil prices to steadily climb, it was in their best interest to try and hedge against higher oil prices. Nobody really expected this uh, OPEC and Russia's alliance to collapse. Nobody expected oil prices to plunge this much also. It seems that Singapore Airlines just got caught with their pants down in some sense. But they, along with many other airlines, have done that uh, done that at the moment. And they're all reviewing their hedges, which seem to have uh, not worked out for them. But again, nobody really expected this for, for Singapore Airlines. Nevertheless, they are now projected to have a loss of more than $1.25 billion Singapore dollars before interest and taxes for the fiscal year of 2021. This according to DBS. And they are hurting at the moment. And we can only hope that, you know, the, the, the punches that are being rained down on Singapore Airlines could stop pretty soon. Because, yeah, I mean, it does make you cringe. It, they are certainly flying in stormy weather. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you're making me do this. I'm making puns. All right. Now, where else? <laughs> where else can we look? For a little bit of relief, a little bit of green, a little bit of, you know, oh, that's not so bad. Well, you know, honestly, it's very difficult at the moment, Clarissa. Everything right now, I think this is a day where you just have to take the hold down, as we say uh, in surfing analogies. You just have to take it on the on the head, take care and, and just uh, trust that you're going to come back up for air eventually. But it's the, the sell-off hitting everyone. Commodities, food prices are, are below $30 a barrel at the moment. 
Um, bonds are also starting to feel, feel the pinch. Even gold today has fallen significantly. We talked about this liquidity crunch that's hitting a lot of these markets at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have to li- liquidate some of these positions that have been safe or your safe havens to try and make sure you have some access to cash or liquidity. Guess what that is? That's going to be gold. We've talked about this in and gold continues to suffer at the moment. Um, let's, let me just check it on the spot price. There you go. It's fallen by about one percent in today's session alone. It's now at one, it's now at one thousand four hundred seventy-one dollars a troy ounce. Not looking very good. Honestly, at the, uh, at the moment, this is just a day where you're going to have to take. You might just have to grin it, you know, grin and bear it right now, and uh, just hope to, hope that the uh, the slide or you're the water slide, you're, you're, you're coming to the end of it or you're, coming to the, you're, you're just coming to the end of the ride. How are pharmaceuticals doing then? I'm sorry, can you say, say it again? Pharmaceuticals, how are they looking? Pharmaceuticals are, uh, it, it depends again where, you, where you're looking. I think you might want to track how some of, the, some of these uh, vaccine makers are doing at the moment. Right. So Moderna, which is doing a, uh, which is a, you know, they're going through those trials in the U.S. at the moment. Let me just pull up the, the share price. Well, they closed at a, they closed up by about twelve point one percent yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look closer closer foot, um, we I, we've talked about Fuji film stock actually. Now, yes, I know they make a camera film and they're a camera supplier also. But Fuji film has an anti flu drug called Avigan that was approved by the by the Chinese authorities. Say this has actually given uh, provided uh, significant progress in helping the recovery of COVID nineteen patients. They're able to register negative uh, symptoms faster than if they don't take it. Their share price today in, in Japan uh, up by about 17.2% also. Um, I think you just have to be able to narrow down and see where, which, which are the plays, either they're testing kits, either they're creating medicines that are being approved by Chinese or American authorities, or these companies that are working on vaccines at the moment. So the likes of Roche in Switzerland, Bacigene uh, in, uh, in South Korea, for instance. But you'll have to be very selective and find and do your research. The other thing, too, is they've rallied a lot over the last couple of days. So do you want to stay in these positions or do you want to get in at the, at right now? Do you think there's still even more upside for them? That's something you're going to have to call as an investor. Right, of course. And of course, when some of the other investors will decide it's time for some profit taking. Yes, absolutely. And these guys, because of how far they've rallied, again, we've said, there has been, there is a, there might be a country of liquidity. People might need to cover some of their margins at the moment. These stocks that have all rallied significantly are prime or ripe for this. If they need to take some of these profits to meet some of those market costs, to meet some of that liquidity requirement, so be careful. Be careful because uh, these stocks, although they are in an upward trend, it's it's it, they could be in for some volatile um, days. But then again, the whole market's been volatile for the last couple of weeks, right? That seems to be the word of the month. Yes, absolutely. So are you going to be reporting in for Primetime's Market View later, JP? Yes, actually. And I actually just got off the phone with uh, Fitch Ratings Global Head of Sovereigns, James McCormack. So we've talked a lot about oil prices falling, but we don't know exactly what this will mean for certain countries. So I'm giving the Global Head of Sovereigns. He's taken a look at how it's going to impact uh, oil producers. He's taken a look at how it's going to impact Russia, how it's going to impact economies in the ASEAN region. And he also touched on what it will mean for Singapore's sovereign credit rating and overall economy. And we also talked about why it seems Russia seems to be very happy to let oil prices fall this much and take some of this pain vis-a-vis some of the OPEC members, their former allies, and say U.S. shale oil producers. It was a very interesting uh, uh, interview, and we'll be playing it for folks at 5.40 p.m. later on. All right. 
This has been Market View on Workday Afternoon. He's JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Montero. We'll both keep our eyes on the markets for you and bring you the latest updates. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.